0: Welcome to the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sarah Poldme. If you have been wondering how to feel your best in mind, body, and spirit, as you navigate through midlife, then this is the show for you. Each week I'm sharing accessible education, heartfelt stories, and exclusive interviews. We will be talking about everything from health and wellness to sex and relationships and the many challenges and opportunities that come with midlife. It's time to take charge and live fully with intention as you write your next chapter. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Ever since Brittany was a young girl, she loved creating experiences that inspired joy and creativity. Brittany Cano is the founder of Holistic Nurse Coaches, a nurse led holistic wellness company. She has a true passion for guiding others to prioritize their own well being so that they can fulfill their life's purpose with peace and passion. Through lifestyle medicine, movement, and mindfulness, She helps you heal and elevate mind, body, and spirit. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you, Sarah. Happy to be here with you. Absolutely. And today I am so excited for this topic because I feel that my guests are often called to me for the things that I need and therefore that hopefully my audience needs. But today, Brittany and I are going to sit down and discuss radical self-compassion. What a beautiful topic
1: I'm so excited. It's so life-changing. So radical self-compassion has really been life-changing for me in so many ways. And one of the things about self-compassion is that it reminds us of our humanity. So when we're having a hard time, I think a lot of times we forget that, oh, yes, we're human too. This is part of the human experience. I know that was my story for for the longest time and if I'm not really mindful of it I definitely go back there that I'm the only person with this problem or I should not be feeling or thinking this way so if you've ever had that that's a, a an indicator that it's time to welcome in some self-compassion yeah well really self-compassion has been so instrumental in my healing journey because it really allowed me to understand that no matter if somebody is a doctor, a lawyer, a spiritual leader, what have you, or whether they're a high school kid, somebody living on the streets, that we all experience suffering. And that is very part of human experience. And I think the more we can actually embrace that there's going to be suffering and struggle, the and support ourselves through that, try to support ourselves the best we can, what a difference it makes. Yeah. The more we resist, right? Some of the suffering or struggling or challenges that we experience, the more we resist it, we have more suffering and struggling and challenges in that resistance. Mm -hmm. Then we can stay stuck and don't make any changes and suffer more than we have to.
0: I know. One of my favorite things I like to say to my patients is would you speak to your friend like that you know would you give your friend this advice would you would you say those things to your friends because if you would the things that we say to ourselves if we said those things to our friends we'd be left with very few friends (laughs) we need to be just as supportive of ourselves as we would our good friends our family members and i think we forget that often
1: It can be so easy to forget, right? We get stuck in the story and the drama and the criticism and the victimhood. Whatever it is, we just get lost in it. And we don't even sometimes realize that that's what we're doing. good indicator that we're in that critical self can be Mm -hmm. how we're feeling in our body, right? Whether it's are we in self-criticism, and judgment, or there could be something else obviously going on, but yeah. How are we feeling in our body? Because sometimes it's our norm, right, to be in that negative pattern about ourselves that we don't even recognize it. So we have to first start to recognize, oh, yeah, I'm talking to myself really nasty. I wouldn't talk to my friend like that or my precious toddler or whatever person in your life that means the world to you.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how does that feel in your body if you are... Acting as an inner
1: critic or giving yourself a hard time rather than being compassionate. What is that? I could feel any of these ways, right? Everyone has their own feelings that happen. A lot of people might feel like tension in their shoulders. Oh, that you know, restriction in the chest. Maybe it's kind of hard to deep breathe, or that shallow upper chest breathing, stitching mm-hmm. in the jaw heaviness, some people totally disassociate, right? They're not even in their body at all. They're like- So then a good thing to do, I would would
0: think that you might share this viewpoint, but if we do notice ourselves giving ourselves a hard time or not practicing self-compassion, I would imagine that taking a deep breath, drawing your shoulders back and down, opening your heart center, all of those things together to physically manifest the way that you want to feel would help pull you out of that hunched over constricted i'm not good enough i don't deserve love you know that's a very hunched over or fearful posture that you would take so by expanding outwards and taking deep breaths you can you can pull yourself physically out
1: of a mental state it really can make a difference. Our body posture, how we're holding ourselves, how we're breathing, like you said, is so powerful to really start to relax the shoulders and the jaw, inhale, let the belly really rise, also helps regulate the nervous system, mm-hmm. which self-compassion is great for our nervous system. Yeah, And also the other part of self-compassion, right? There's that tenderness piece, that loving, supportive kind, gentle piece of self-compassion. And there's also that fierce part of self-compassion. So, it could be to stand up and create some movement to like bring your hands out to the side of like a Wonder Woman or Superman posture, right? To just Mm -hmm. get back in your power and in that groundedness. Uh, So, the body language, how we're positioning ourselves, how we're breathing, how we're moving can be a form of support to be compassionate with ourselves too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just slowing down is such an important part of self-compassion because we had discussed briefly before we hopped on this idea of busy woman syndrome, which is so common in our society. So if we're super busy, we can disconnect, like you said, from our bodies and also disconnect from that feeling of self-compassion because we simply got things to do. So let's talk about the business. Yes, well, you know,
1: we're human beings, not human doings, but we tend to forget that. And nowadays, you know, (laughs) I feel like as women, there's a lot, we've, uh, there is a lot of pressure and some of us have taken on a lot of pressure to do be everything to everyone and we're busier than ever before, but it's our normal. So we may not even recognize that that's what's happening and. We do. We we suffer from it, right? There's yeah. that constant when we're caught in an ongoing busy cycle. We don't honor rest, which mm-hmm. is a very self-compassionate practice. Mm-hmm. We don't honor those more yin practices of stillness, of calming down, of relaxation. And we're busy all, almost all the time. Adrenaline, yeah. you know, goes through the roof. Cortisol rises. We can end up with so many health problems as well. Mm-hmm. And so it really is that that self-compassionate piece of mindfully being aware of it. Oh crap. Yeah. Like and I hear I hear listeners like, soon sure my life I have to do all these things, right? We really mm-hmm. believe that we have to be as busy as we are. I know I was definitely guilty of it until I experienced extreme burnout during the working during the pandemic as a nurse and running my business full time but I would, at that time, I would have told you, I should be doing more. I should be able to do more. And if we're shooting on ourselves, that we should be doing more, that sort of compassion piece of like, first, we got to be aware. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not lost in our story because we really take it, we can take the experience we're having as a fact, A a dramatic fact and get lost in it. And so, then it's interrupting that and realizing okay this is what's happening and this is a this is common right it is common and I'm sure we can look around us and see tons of other women friends in our lives experiencing it yeah so softening you know any judgment or criticism but then really getting curious about how do i support myself really support myself and what do i really need and i can guarantee that none of us who suffer from busy woman syndrome need to be busy in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely so many layers to that because like you said, we might not even be aware that we're not practicing self-compassion. We're too busy to be aware and mm-hmm. slowing down can be such an important part. You can be busy and enjoy everything that you're doing and mm-hmm. and there may not be that stress component. You may need less true. downtime than others but i think often we ha- we run on a false sense of energy or a false sense of joy where we think everything's great and then all of a sudden i think especially women we reach a point where we find ourselves burnt out without even realizing just how badly we had gotten or it can happen in a quick amount of time you know you said covid and that you were a nurse during covid i mean i know that i experienced extreme burnout during COVID and maybe even a little bit before. So to have COVID come in while I was already feeling burnt out was really, really tough. And we've all experienced some level of burnout with COVID, regardless of what we were doing, right? Whether you were a stay-at-home mom dealing with the challenges that children were facing during COVID, whether you were actually a nurse or a healthcare provider, whether you were running a business. I mean, it just you know, our worlds are different now. The past four years have been so transformative and I've seen a lot of negative, but there have been some beautiful unfoldings for people through this time and hopefully we'll see that continue, any of the good stuff that has been brought out of self-reflection and self-compassion.
1: Yeah. And and if somebody is questioning Okay. Like for me, the big indicator I was burned out was not my mind telling me I was burned out because like I mentioned, I was like, I should be able to do way more. I should do more, but it was my body. So I would encourage listeners to be curious and grateful. I know grateful is a hard word if you're going through physical symptoms, but it's nothing wrong with our body. Our bodies are so wise and they're giving us information that we can choose to to tune into and turn towards and get curious and explore, okay, something's on us here. What is this? And I don't want to disregard anybody listening is going through something right. physically that's really challenging. We're not saying that, right? That doesn't undermine that and the challenges and the struggle that come with that. But it is information for us and can guide us a lot of times in that, in a direction of healing and better Yeah. There's not always, but there are times that it can. I mean, 90% of doctor visits are stress-related in origin.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were just, I, I had an earlier interview where we were talking just about that. We do have to look at what our bodies are trying to tell us. And we also have to look at what society's messages are about things because, like you said, it's kind of the norm to be busy, but that doesn't mean that that's okay for you. You know, maybe your friend or someone else that you admire can pull 14-hour days and on the outside looks amazingly creative and pumped up and but you do not know what's actually going on with that person. They could be abusing a substance. They could be using six cups of coffee a day to get through and then three glasses of wine at night to wind down. And that may be working for them on some level right now, but eventually they're going to self-destruct. And we don't always see that in other people. So we have to, again, step back with self-compassion and compassion for others, step back in self-compassion and understand that we're only seeing what everybody is allowing us to see. So we should not compare ourselves to others and think that we can perform at the same capacity or in the same way and show up in the world in the same way as everybody else. We need to do what's right for us. That's
1: so true. I'm glad you brought that up. Because compares comparing despair, right? Yeah, and it, we all fall, you know, trapped to that at times. And so, just to even bring it back to self compassion, self compassion is that mindful awareness of, oh, I'm comparing, oh, I'm thinking I should be like Barbara who works those fourteen hour days, Funny. Funny. and then comes back to the humanity piece of like other people are tired too. Like this is just part of the human experience to compare like, oh, this is hard. I'm exhausted even working my eight hours a day, whatever it is, right? That common humanity and then offering that support. So it is like, what do I need right now? Okay, I need to first interrupt this compared despair that I have going on. I need to remind myself that it's okay to work in a way or live in a way that feels aligned for me. And 100%. there can be, you know, a lot of information there when we drop into compassion to really support ourselves and help ourselves move forward, too. I love that compassion doesn't just work on, you know, our hearts. It also works on the action part of the brain. So it's, that action, it's a very actionable practice, self-compassion. I think sometimes people think it's a very docile practice, but there's so much science behind the benefits. Of self compassion, that it actually helps us create and accomplish goals, break mm-hmm. bad habits, mm-hmm. and there's so many parts to self compassion.
0: I think that are are more challenging than would meet the eye. You know, it's not simply about taking a deep breath, although that's important. Changing your posture, that's important. Not comparing to others, but there's so many parts to self care and self compassion, like. You know, not being around people that don't serve
1: you anymore. And some yes. of those and being are a boy whimpers, it. right? And being okay with it, right? Like maybe we set the boundary, but then we're feeling guilty and we're feeling yeah. like we did something wrong. So self compassion comes in and says, hey, you know, it's okay to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Right. This is the most loving thing you could do, even if, even though it is hard and acknowledges like, hey, it's challenging and it's hard, but setting boundaries. Yes. Yeah. That can be really challenging. so where
0: does where does a woman start if she's if she's resonating with what we're talking about so far and feels that she could maybe work a little bit on being nicer to herself and practicing what what you call radical self-compassion,
1: Where does someone start? Well, I think first with that awareness, right? It always starts with awareness mm-hmm. of being aware that I have been really, part on myself, or I'm yep. like my own worst critic, right? Or I don't even know myself. I don't even like myself. Whatever it is, right? Awareness that that's what's happening. Yeah. Whether we have been totally ignoring that inner world of us, or if we've just been really nasty in there, or maybe it's mm-hmm. a little bit in between, or it's just it's not. Num- a feel numb inside, right? Any of that. So that awareness, and then the next step is to get started. <laughs> to get started and to practice those steps, right? The mindfulness piece, which includes not judging where you're at, which is hard to do because we're such judgmental human beings is part (laughs) of it, but trying not to judge it, right? Mm -hmm. Trying not to judge it, trying to be curious. So asking yourself powerful questions of like, wow, what's this like for me? When did this start? What would it be like to have a loving relationship with myself, right? right? That curiosity piece. Mm -hmm. And then to again come into that common humanity of this is part of the human experience. Yeah, To have the inner critic, right? The inner critic also serves a role for us. That that little negative voice in there, it helps uh, that's based in survival. You know, not beating yourself up about it. It's part of being human. And then I love the question of what do I really need right now? And for a lot of clients, when we start working together, the initial response is, I don't even know. Right, okay. right. Because they lost to touch. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I need right now. And for right. that, I would encourage you, yes, you do. Keep asking, yeah. keep listening, and meet yourself where you're at. So self-compassion doesn't just shove yourself like... <sighs> To try to be somewhere that you're not, it really gives you grace with where you're at. And so sometimes it's, you know, we really need to take some deep breaths to get outside. Sometimes we need to use this bathroom. We need to say, give me a minute. Other times we need to use our voice. We need to set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we've been sitting around for far too long not you know, let's say exercising. And we need to get our butt in gear. So self-compassion says, we've got to do whatever we can to get you motivated. Yeah. Reach out for support. So it could be that too. It can be the most self-compassionate thing to be that advocate for ourselves or to protect ourselves when something's not right. It's that mama bear energy. And we might have that for a friend or for a loved one. But when it comes to ourselves, we may not be comfortable in that mama bear energy for ourselves. So it's being okay with that. It's okay to really stand up. Absolutely. those boundaries. Absolutely. I love that. And so
0: how do you work with clients? I know that you have a coaching business.
1: I do. So I work with clients. I work with them one-on-one. And we do a holistic wellness assessment. So it's a very comprehensive assessment. We come up with a personalized plan based on their goals. So some clients come to me and they really want to improve their relationship with themselves. Others want to get clear on their path, and start taking better care of their body. So it's really specific to what it is that they need. And then we work together one-on-one to create that. So we use tools such as mindfulness, lifestyle medicine, so nutrition, mindset tools, energy medicine, and so I am imagining that by starting
0: working with people in this way, that this has also been an act of radical self-compassion for you.
1: It so has, Sarah. It really has. And yes, I just had that experience over the weekend. I was with friends during a mastermind on Friday and I said, hey, this is a thought process that I'm realizing is coming up for me that I need to work on. And then lo and old, I got to... <laughs> <laughs> really work with that thought process um, in regards to uh, experience with a client. And so for me, it's also continuing to do the work. So for me, it was like, okay, there's some inner child healing that I get to work with here. And What a beautiful opportunity for it to be brought up, but you know, it doesn't make it any less hard, yeah. you know, I was balling my eyes out this weekend. And I'm so grateful for the self-compassion practices because even though I experienced my sadness, my suffering, I'm able to say, like, that's not me and this yeah. is okay. This is an experience that we have as humans, and it's fine. Which has been a, a long, a long work in progress. I love
0: that. I love that. Yeah, it is a work in progress, isn't it? <laughs> always. Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a worthy process
1: to go through for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's better I than trying to work. stuff it inside. <laughs> totally. I love, one of the things I really work with clients too is just for them to come to that place that have what powerful beings they are and then we have the capacity to hold it all. Because I think a lot of us have been like, I don't want to look at the sadness. Right. I don't want to deal with the anger. I don't want to have that hard conversation. I don't like the fear, right? We just get yeah. like, I just want to run from it, ignore it, whatever it is. And the more we can open up to, hey, I can I can be okay with that too. Yeah. And then we also do experience greater, greater joys and growth and freedom. Sure. I love that.
0: Well, we will definitely be sharing your links in the show notes for people to get in contact with you. But is there anything that you want to mention in particular before we sign off today?
1: Yeah. So if if what I shared today resonated, please go to my website. You can set up a one-on-one consult and we can explore where you're at. We take you through a holistic wellness assessment and then we see how we could work together, what that would look like. And I also have a reset and recharge retreat in September. So it'll include self-compassion, ways to regulate and soothe the mind, body, and spirit And a very beautiful place on Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. We've hosted- I've heard of that place. It's, it's magical. And it's amazing. It really is. I had a friend that I used to work with at the hospital and her grandparents had traveled the world and I'll never forget. It. She said their favorite place was this place in Guatemala. And so we went there in 2022 and it really is a majestical, serene place. Well,
0: Wonderful. I'm so happy that you're hosting there. I have a couple of my favorite yoga teachers that have held retreats there or are holding them there. So I would definitely I'll have to them on there. her mailing <laughs> list. And everybody that's listening right now, hop on Brittany's mailing list because you not <laughs> want to miss a retreat there from everything I've heard.
1: <laughs> it's really, it's a special place. You've got to get there. I'm going to try. For that. <laughs> yeah, I've got a long list of magical places. I know. I know. There are a lot of them. <laughs>
0: Sounds amazing. All right, Brittany. Well, we'll definitely share all of your info in the show notes. And I hope that people get in contact with you because you have so much to offer and Radical self-compassion is such an important, important thing to be aware of. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate you. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. If you are struggling right now to answer the question, what's next? I want you to sit with me here for a moment. Take this moment with me to breathe in deeply. Go ahead and breathe in. And breathe out completely. I want you to set a new intention to rise and thrive in this truly important next chapter of your life. Sometimes it's tough to get started and I want to help. Grab your free copy of my self-assessment tool that will give you three ways to get started. Link is in the show notes. I'll see you next time.